0: Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teachers. Well, welcome church. Um, for those who don't know me, my name's Jen, and I'm one of the pastors here. Um, And if I haven't had a chance to meet you and you're new in the room, please come and say hello to me after, I love meeting new friends. Um, so today we are almost at the end of our series um, on the Book of Galatians. So uh, next week we've got camp, and the week after that Mike's coming to finish the series. Uh, but I get the privilege of speaking on chapter six, verse one to ten, which is a fantastic um, part of Galatians. So the first uh, one to five books of, of chapters of Galatians—Galatians, Galatians, oh, blah—get my words in—is um, all about. The gospel and the way Jesus set us free from the law and, and, and set us free into what he's got for us. And Galatians 6 is all about how we should act towards others now we know that truth. So it's all about us. It's all about how we, as believers, so it's speaking to uh, Paul speaking to the believers in the uh, church of Galatia and he's talking about how now we know the truth, how we should act. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, we love to restore things, don't we? More and more, I think we're getting better at you know, not throwing stuff away and restoring stuff. Unless it's like items of clothing, I feel like we tend to throw them away. But in general, we love to restore stuff. I love to restore stuff. I'm actually pretty handy. Um, one time, this wasn't in my sermon notes, but one time I decided that I would change a laundry sink because um, I didn't want to spend money on, like, on a plumber. And I can change a laundry sink. I spent a lot of money on physio after that. So I've learned what I can and can't restore. Uh, There's a photo behind me of Charlie and I, and um, we're restoring um, a a, a screen door. And so we took it off and we uh, WD 40'd it and fixed a couple of things and put a new screen on it and and put it back up again rather than buying a new one. And the next photo is actually my pride and joy. Um, This is a table that I restored myself without anybody's help. I was very proud of that. Thank you. That was, yeah, thank you. I had a bit of fun with that. We love to restore things, don't we? Well, guys, we serve a God who loves to restore people, not just things. While things are important, people matter more. And so that's what I want us to look in, talk about today. We're going to look at verse one to start with. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself or you may also be tempted. So I like to, when I'm trying to understand a scripture, is try and go back and, and look at some of the Greek. Now, I don't speak Greek, so it's not easy for me, but there's, um, Google is a wonderful thing. And so I looked up the word restore. And by the way, if you don't know, sorry, the New Testament was written in Greek, and so um, that's the best version of understanding what it actually meant to read, uh, read in the Greek. So I looked up the word restore, and it's, it's pronounced katatizo, katatizo. Now, if there's anyone Greek in the room, they're going to stand up and leave, but... That's that's how I would pronounce it as a non-Greek person. Um, But essentially what it means, it's a Greek medical term for setting a fractured or dislocated bone. So what essentially the word restore in the Greek meant was to reset a bone of some kind or or something that's been fractured. Now if you've ever dislocated a bone before, you will know that it's pretty important to get that bone back into place really quickly. So when I was um, a teenager, and I still can't believe this happened, but I was in a netball game and I dislocated my finger, and my coach just walked up to me and went back in oh ew, gross anyway and he did and what I've read since then is that perhaps you should leave it to a medical professional not your coach but he did and what he said to me is that it's really important to reset it quickly um, because when we let it go cold when we go, when we wait for perhaps weeks or, or months it can actually set incorrectly so I was doing some googling about how to reset things just because, you know, you go down a rabbit Warren when you're writing sermons. And um, I now know how to put back a dislocated shoulder if you're out camping. So if we go camping next weekend and we don't... I think we have a doctor there, actually. We will okay. But... You know, we don't, we don't leave it. We don't leave these dislocated fractures. And it's uh, one of the things that Paul's talking about in here is how it's important for us as Christians to help restore people quickly. We're not actually meant to just wait until they get to a point where they fall off a cliff and then we go and help them up. It's actually not what we're actually meant to do. We're actually restoring someone means to, uh, to do it and to do it quickly. We don't wait and let themself work them out themselves. That's part of being a family. That's part of restoring each other. And Paul says very clearly in there that we need to do it gently. And what I think he means by this is that relationships are needed in this. So when we're going to restore someone, when we're restoring someone from sin, someone's fallen to sin, and we're as a Christian brother or sister, we're encouraging them to restore back to what God has for them. We actually need to do it gently. We need to do it in relationship. So Paul was talking to the early church here, and the early church knew how to do family. They knew how to do church really, really well. So to the point that if you were in the early church and you were in need, someone would go and sell their house, well, they didn't have cars, but they'd go and sell uh, whatever they had to provide so that you wouldn't be in need anymore because that's a part of being in the family of Christ. And that is what they did in the early church. So they knew how to do relationships. They kind of lived in each other's pockets. But what this also meant was that the sin that was happening in their community was very relational. It was, needed to be picked up really fast because it was impactful. And when you live in someone's home, things like, so say, let's say they, there was theft. There was theft of money. It would have been their money. It probably would have been the money that was given to the church that was stolen. Whether if it was sexual sin, perhaps it may have been a sexual sin in their family. It was that close. So Paul knew that they actually needed to deal with this sin quickly and well. Because you don't want the break off of a family as well. Sin takes us further away from God. So we can't just leave it and wait for people to work it out as they go along. We actually need to restore them. And I think, church, this is so important for us to grasp that we need to restore them in relationship. Now, it says in there, be careful so that you don't get tempted. And when I read that the first time, I thought, oh, that must mean that so like if I see someone smoking, I'm not tempted to smoke myself. But I don't actually think that's what Paul's talking about here. I think what he's actually talking about is that we need to be careful to be not so full of ourselves that we don't think that we could also slip into that sin, that we, we, tend to, um, we tend to find that when we're prideful and we think nothing, we could never do that, is actually the thing that we do do. And so it's important for us to be humble, to stay in line with God and listening to what God is saying about that person and about us. Because when we stay humble, we don't tend to fall into sin quite as easily. So when you come to restore someone gently, we must be humble and not doing it to try and better ourselves or or look better in that person's eyes, but to be genuinely want to restore them into all God has called them for their lives. When God restores us, it is better than when it started. So we're not trying to bring people back into some kind of line here, friends. We're actually trying to bring them into restoration in their relationship with Christ. So the process of being restored, that process that we go through to being restored, actually brings us closer to God than we were in the first place. Sin takes us away from God, but forgiveness and restoration brings us closer. Now, I think there is actually something that comes before we go and restore people. So before this line of, you know, needing to go and help and restore people, there's something that actually comes before that. It's not before that in the scripture, but I believe it. we need to do it first. Because I think you've probably all heard of the line, "People don't care what you know until they know you care," right? Well, today, chapter two says, "Carry each well, not today. It just says it. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ." And I think this is a really important part of the scripture that I want us to really dig into this morning. So, Paul, as I said, is writing the letter to the church in Galatia. But one thing you need to know about Paul is he was a serial church planner. He planted at least 14 churches that we know of, potentially more. Now, I planted one. That is full on. <laughs> well done, Paul. And um, listen, he, like, because he planted so many churches, he actually was converted around the age of about 30, and he died around the age of about 60, somewhere in there, but I don't know the exact time. So there was, only, there was only about 30 years that he could plant churches. So as you can imagine, he couldn't have stayed in those churches for very long. He would have been there um, sometimes for short amount of time. I think there was at least uh, one time he was there for a couple of years. But in general, he wouldn't have been there for very long. So it's important to understand that because while that churches would have had leaders in there, a lot of those leaders would have been quite young, whether they were young in age or whether they were just young in their in their faith walk, they would have been quite young. And so it wasn't like they had Paul, their fierce leader to run in to solve every single problem that they had. And, and so he sent these letters. He writes these letters to the church. And essentially he writes them to the people. He writes them because he knows that actually it's the people that are going to have to do the work together. It's actually not necessarily the fierce leader that's going to run in and solve everything in their, in their life. They've got these issues that they're going through. It's actually all of the church, all of its people. And so they needed, the church in Galatia at that time really needed to live like Christians are actually meant to live, growing and empowering each other in faith. So let's imagine for a second that Mike and I are not here anymore. This is not the fourth big announcement. (laughs) But let's imagine it for just a moment. You only have each other. How does that look? What does it look like? to see someone in need and to reach out and to help them? What does it look like to carry each other's burdens? Well, let me tell you about three different ways. Firstly, to carry someone's burdens, we have to firstly know what their burden is. People don't know what you're going through, friends, unless you tell them. I was talking to a pastor a, a couple of uh, months ago, and she said to me, Jen, um, there was a lady that was sick in her church, and some guy came up to her and said, you know, you didn't go and visit Betty when she was sick. And she, at him, and she looked at me, she said to me, I didn't even know Betty was sick. Nobody called me and told me that Betty was sick to go and visit her. Yeah. And then she stopped me, she thought, hang on, you knew Betty was sick. Why don't you go visit Betty? You know? I think sometimes we don't, we don't think through that, do we? We don't think about how it's actually our job to call and to meet people where they're at a value of real at Encounter. If you're brand new here today, one of our values here is a value of real. But i got to be honest, I don't see people being all that real here at Encounter. Now, some of you are very real, to the point that everybody carries your burdens. But for most of you, and a lot of you, I'm not looking at anyone. (laughs) For most of you, And especially those over the age of 25, you actually don't share what you're going through. I don't think a lot of you are actually being real with each other. Your load, perhaps you feel like your load is heavy enough, like you don't want to share it with anyone else. Perhaps you're scared of what other people will say if you let someone know what you're going through. I don't see enough of us opening up and being real with each other. And you know what? This is simply not how God made us. He didn't make us to hide it all in, to carry our own burdens. He made us to work as the body of Christ church, to support each other in our walks with Jesus. We actually need these deep relationships in our lives to build each other, build each other up. But to develop those relationships, we need to be willing to talk about what we're going through. The Lord said to me uh, a couple of weeks ago when I started um, praying over this sermon and preparing it, he simply said to me, people at Encounter are carrying burdens that are too heavy to carry on their own and they won't share the load. And I believe for many of us that it's actually killing us. And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. There are people that are walking away from the faith because they don't know how to share the burdens that are on their lives. And we're actually not called, like I said, we're not called to do this alone. We're actually called to do it with each other and also with God, and we'll get to him in a moment. And the second thing we need to do if we want to actually carry someone's burdens is we need to ask about what other people's burdens are. Too often we are very inward focused. I know I am. You know, what have I got jobs to do this week? How much money do I have to do these jobs? What are the things that I must get done? And I become so internal. But I forget to look external and and look at people and find out what they're actually going through. And I get, I get that feeling of, of I'm so busy or I've got so much to do or I've got this thing to worry about and this thing to worry about that I don't necessarily want to I'll look out and look at what other people are going through. But this week, I got a bit of a prompt on my heart to contact somebody about camp. And so I just messaged a friend and I said, hey, um, are you coming to camp? And she writes back, no, I can't go. Um, I'm really stressed about X, Y, Z. And at that moment, I had a choice whether I could write back and go, oh, that sucks. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, good luck with that. Or the next question I could ask, which I did, I said, and I, this is related to what the person they know who they are. Said, I said, what is the Lord saying to you? I asked that second question. What is going on in your life? And then that started a, a, a big message back about all the things that she was worried about and stressed about and the things that was going on in her life. And, you know, church, in that moment, I didn't feel heavy. I actually felt really light. I actually felt full of the Holy Spirit, like I was doing exactly what God had called me to do. Sometimes you don't want to listen to anybody. You don't want to take on anybody else's burdens because you feel like they'll be too heavy. Well, let me tell you that when you're actually doing the will of God, you will feel the lightest you've ever felt, yeah, good. mostly because you know who's in control. Yeah. So from that, um, what came out of that, I was able to minister and to pray with her and um, and I promised to pray for her at 7.30 every single day. I've got an alarm that goes on my phone for a little while. It's not much, but it's carrying her burdens with her. She knows she's not alone and the things that she's struggling with. I am with her on this journey. So asking that second question is so important. We need people in our lives who are going to ask that second question. So let me just to sit with that for a minute. Let's just walk through what happened in that scenario. I'm not tuning my own horn or anything. It was just a fairly decent example. So step one, the first thing is ask the question. If you're prompted by God to message someone, message them. If you're prompted to call them or to talk to them, even better, do that. But then you have an opportunity in this second stage where you can um, just say, "Yep, yeah, that's great, you know, like most people do. You know when you say, hey, how are you? And Jared goes, yeah, I'm good. And you go, oh, awesome. You know, and you leave it there. Right, Or he might say, oh, I've had a bad week, Ah, you go, oh, sorry about that. And you walk away. Or you have an opportunity to do that second question. That question about what is going on? What is actually happening in your world? And then the third thing is to commit to a cause. Commit to a cause. Commit to doing something to help that person out. You can all do this. You are all very capable of this. And the third thing, it looks like walking with them. Carrying their burdens looks like walking with them. It's not your job to save people. It's not your job to take on all of their burdens upon yourself and make yourself feel like you can't go on in life. You actually need to give your burdens to God, and we'll get to that in a minute, but it's actually your job to walk with people. It's actually something beautiful when you walk with someone through the hard times and you transition and you and you see them walk out of something they're struggling with, because you get to share in that joy as well. There is something beautiful in that moment when you celebrate together, when you've come out of something, when you and we've walked with them. John Piper says this, and I think he's right. Some of you wonder what you are supposed to do with the rest of your life. Here's a vocation that will bring you more satisfaction than if you became a millionaire ten times over. Develop the extraordinary skill for detecting the burdens of others and devote yourself to daily making them lighter. The extraordinary skill of detecting the burdens of others and devote yourself to daily making them lighter. If we want to really be the church, if we want to really start carrying each other's burdens, like Paul's telling us too. And if you see somebody and if you think they might be in need, and and let me tell you for a moment, look for the quiet ones. Look for the ones who are slipping away slowly. Look for the ones who perhaps when they do come to church or they do come to your life group are kind of hiding behind somebody, perhaps not speaking up. Look for them. And when you see these people, ask, how are you really And the last thing on carrying each other's burdens is that we're meant to do it for each other. So again, it's not dumping your stuff on people. It's not taking all your burdens on yourself, all their burdens on yourself. You're actually carrying it together. My best mate, Mandy, had this little boy, Josiah, and he just cried all the time. Like, all the time. I felt for her. He would sleep for 45-minute blocks 45 minutes of silence and then crying for the rest. If you do the mass, it's like it's a lot of the day. And she came over one day and she was just a bit done. And so I said to her, what it looked like in that moment for me to carry her burdens was to say, hey, I'm actually, I've actually got my child sleeping. I wasn't like trying to rub it in and say my child's sleeping. But my child's sleeping in there. I need to make dinner, so why don't you make dinner and I'm gonna take your baby and I'm gonna take it for a walk for 45 minutes. And I just took Josiah in the pram and he cried for 45 minutes, <laughs> but it was okay. It was okay, because I was able to carry that burden for her, and in the same time she was actually carrying a burden for me, because I don't really like cooking. <laughs> so in verse 4 it says, each one should test their own actions. They should take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Don't compare how good you are. Don't sit there pridefully and going, oh, I don't have any burdens. Let's not do that, church. Let's not look on ourselves as poorer because we do, have bur- we do have burdens in our life. I actually think we all have struggles. We all have burdens at some point. But know that you are in Christ and that you're actually only able to, to handle your own burdens because of the way Christ handles your burdens first. Each of us have a load to carry. So, Paul is essentially saying that you will need to carry your own load, but there are seasons of our life where that load becomes too much. And that's where he calls us to be the family of believers. That's where he calls us to do it together. But first, we need to give it to God. Giving it to God and, and giving your burdens over to God means trusting in his answers. You know, when I messaged this friend this week, I said, oh, I'm praying for you, and I encouraged her, but I said to her, You actually need to go and give it to God. You actually need to take some time to be with the Lord. And she did, and I was just speaking to her um, yesterday, she sent a message just saying um, that Jen, she said to me, Jen, I felt so much I feel so much more peace now. If you're sitting here and you are not yet convinced about Galatians that Galatians six is right. Can I encourage you to turn to the person next to you? Heck, let's all do it. Look at the person next to you. Go on. If you don't have anyone in front of you, look. You can look towards me. But anyone next to you can look at me. That's fine. Look at them. Really look, keep looking at them. See Jesus in them. See someone who was created by God called and chosen and loved. See how important they are. Now turn back to me. That person needs you just like you need them. They need you to help them in times of need and to celebrate with them in good times. Let's be the church where no one misses out on having someone walk with them. When God places someone on your heart, reach out. This week, I want to challenge you all when God places someone on your heart to reach out to them. Maybe send them an encouraging message or lift up a prayer. Maybe you need to ask that second question. How are you going? Let God bring someone to mind and, and ask him for that. And then I want to challenge you to do that, to be the church. And if you don't have anybody contacting you this week, maybe you need to do that first step. Maybe you need to be sharing with someone else your burdens or developing those relationships so that you can do that. And so why do we really need to do this? Other than sometimes burdens are too heavy. We need to do this because the truth is Jesus carried it for us first. He carried our sin and our shame and our doubt and our problems and our issues and everything we're going through and he carried them to the grave. While we're on this earth, we still carry burdens. I understand that. And that's why he gives us the body of Christ. But first, we must remember that Jesus carried it all for us. So we're sitting there thinking about that member of our church family or, or that friend that we've got. We remember what Jesus did for us first. So as you help someone out and as you walk with them in the struggles, remember, Jesus did it first. Caring for other people enough to carry their burdens means you're actually then able to step in and help them be restored. Help them into a closer relationship with God. Help them understand that they don't have to live in sin. That they are actually set free by the redemptive power of what Jesus did for them. And once we're already carrying their burdens with them, we're actually able to do that in relationship. That's when we're actually able to do that gently for each other. It says carry each other's burdens and in that way you fulfill the law of Christ. Well, the law of Christ, friends, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. you can come on up. Do not give up loving others as you would love yourself, church. Do not give up on each other. Do not give up coming together. Do not give up on doing good towards each other. There are people in this room who are ready to give up. Don't wait for Mike and I to contact them. Ask them how they are. That is being the body of Christ. Have open eyes, church. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into who is calling you to minister to. We need to be the church and take every opportunity to see people restored into God's fullness. Be the one who sees people. And do it all for the glory of God. Now, I'm going to pray for you guys in a second, but I think most of you in the room would fall into one of two categories. The first one, perhaps you're the person who won't tell anyone their burdens. Maybe you're the mum who's struggling to raise her kids and you won't tell anyone. Or perhaps you're the husband who's struggling in their marriage and you haven't told anyone. Maybe you're the young person who's really struggling with all the changes going on around you. Maybe this first person is you, and you wrestle with opening yourself up and allowing others to come into your life and to carry your burdens. Well, the friends, can I encourage you? We need to do that. It's so important. You cannot carry this all on your own. And um, or maybe perhaps you're number two, the person who actually needs to carry other people's burdens for them. Maybe you need to die to your own preferences to live out the life that God has for you. So maybe you're in one of those two categories and you know which one you're in and and for some of you, you might be in both. Well, I want to pray that God will show you that there is such blessing in that. There is so much blessing in sharing your burdens, in not walking this journey alone. We come here every Sunday to worship God, to glorify him, and to encourage each other in the faith. That is why the church gathers, to worship God and to encourage each other in the faith. So let's be the church friends. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, EncounterAdelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.